0: From MPB Think Radio, this is Mississippi Education Connection, your on-air source for instructional planning during this COVID-19 crisis. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, along with my co-host, Tara Wren, Director of Education here with MPB. Well, as the COVID-19 pandemic continues to spread throughout the country, teachers, parents, and students are having to find creative resources for learning from home. Today, we'll discuss PBS Kids programming and how it's tied to curriculum with guest Sarah Dewitt, VP of PBS Kids Digital, and Sarah Shapiro, VP of Education at PBS. We'll also welcome Dr. Nathan Oakley, Chief Academic Officer with the Mississippi Department of Education. Good morning, Tara.
2: Good morning, Michelle. How are you today?
0: I am doing fine. It's fr- finally Friday. Finally Friday. <laughs> are the days running into each other since you're working from home? You don't know if it's Wednesday or Monday or absolutely.
2: What? I keep checking my phone and say what day is it, what date is it? <laughs> exactly, but the it's date's been a run. good busy week for us. That's Very good. good week. Um, we. We're continuing to provide support to teachers and families at home and just pushing out information on our new education website, MPB at home learning. And we're pushing out information daily through Facebook, activities and everything for to support. So it's just been a good busy week. Was
0: it challenging? I never asked you this last week, but I guess we didn't get to that. Was it challenging for you to come up with a quote-unquote, new normal on how your department was going to operate um, as the education department with MPB.
2: Absolutely. But one thing we did know is that we had to jump right in, dive right in. And I have a wonderful team. I I like to say that I'm I'm a part of the team, and Mm -hmm. we just dig in together. And so we got together, wrote a plan, and now we're working that plan. Everybody has their different um, things that they're working on from our workforce development plan we're still continuing that children's oh, that's st- good. and students still need to know how they need to continue to prepare for um, career uh, readiness right, right. after school the mm-hmm. seniors that we have now mm-hmm. and then early childhood of course we're helping the daycare centers and of course teachers mde we're working with them continuously and with our television department to make sure that we have programming on our, tel- our broadcast station that aligns with what with, with they're learning in school and You know, from our digital learning department downstairs, we also we're just learning this, but we have a digital education network that constantly um, across the school year. Schools are connected to teachers. A teacher can be in a room or classroom in Natchez, Mississippi, and Mm -hmm. teachers group of students in Starkville, Mississippi, if that's needed. And so we're working to set that up and have that continue to go on. And I think it's it's going to get up and going this week. And we're excited about that because teachers will be able to teach and see their students face to face. I know we have Zoom and all these other things mm-hmm. that are going on, but that's one of the things that MPB is is able to provide. And we provide that oh, on that's a constant wonderful. basis. Yes. And almost
0: like a premonition. I mean, you guys are already working on that virtual teaching and now it's needed. It's here. Absolutely. We have, the teachers have to teach virtually, and it's good that MPB can aid in that process and then those resources. And it's
2: something that we, we do all the time, mm-hmm. so we're just kind of um, beefed it up a notch. Right, yes. right.
0: <laughs> now, speaking of new, uh, you and I were talking yesterday about some new developments with our government. Let's talk about that new program with um, our wonderful Lieutenant Governor, Delbert Hoseman.
2: Yes, we like to um, have partnerships with um, Lieutenant Governor's office because Because there's um, lots of good information and he has to share. So he's coming with this program that children can do is a new project for enrichment they can do at home. It's called Healthy at Home for K through 12 students. And it's getting students perspective on the COVID-19 crisis that we are in. So there are several pieces to it for elementary students, um, pre-K through third grade. There's a think, draw, and write activity challenge Mm -hmm. there for middle schoolers, 4th through 6th grade. There are writing prompts you know for students to talk about how they are staying connected to their teachers, to their school and how they are they can describe their goals and what they're learning while they're at home. And for the high school students, they they can write an essay. So they can be creative in discussing how the COVID-19 crisis is changing their their community, how they're better at assessing technology and using it in the mm-hmm. home for learning. So We want everybody to support. You know, you have to get permission for your student to participate. And you can find this information at education.mpbonline.org starting Monday. We're going to put a link on our website. And... Parents can go there and and sign their students up.
0: I like how he broke it down. So K through third grade, is it? They um, draw pictures because, I mean, they might not be able to verbalize in an essay or in a a good sentence on how they're feeling. But they can always draw it if they're fearful, if they're how they're feeling emotionally or what they did at school. Uh, at home school today right. with their mom and dad or if they just want to get outside or I miss my friends they can Absolutely. draw that and they that's neat that. and I wonder um, moving forward will he showcase some of these um, um, projects will they be available Absolutely. for other people to we see we're
2: talking to of course the parents will have to give permission right. but yes they're, um, the lieutenant governor is asking parents give permission so we can share these yes. and I was talking to the, the, his office on yesterday and saying hey We could share them on the air here. That would be great. Share them on the air. Share them on our website. Share them on social media. Because I think what our children are thinking now, that's who they are, That that's how they're developing in their thought process and these are our leaders of tomorrow and they're having an opportunity right now to talk to the lawmakers here and share their thoughts and feelings with them so that's what this is all about and so we're excited to be a part and to help the lieutenant governor's office push this out so thank you lieutenant governor. Exactly. (laughs) Kudos
0: to our lawmakers for connecting with our communities around the state. Now again give everyone that website um, it will begin on Monday correct? Absolutely. Um, The website that again?
2: Education.mpbonline.org. Okay, and the name of the program is. It is it was, called Healthy at Home, K-12 through Students' Perspective on COVID-19. Love it, love it. Now, as I
0: promised, each week we're going to bring you cool stories and tips of the week. Now, I asked you guys last week to email me cool stories from your town, hometown, uh, neighborhood, whatever. And I got a great story coming all the way from Greenwood, Mississippi, from Paul Brown. He just wanted to give a shout-out, of course, to his Town, Greenwood, Mississippi. He says so many people are working to make the situation better for uh, their community. Um, He talked about uh, Yolanda Van Herden. She's an art and sewing instructor at Art Place, Mississippi, and she's posting online art classes for children to participate. In from home, as well as sewing surgical masks for local healthcare workers. Kudos to Yolanda Van Herden from Greenwood, Mississippi. Also, Connie Black, a local elementary school music teacher, is posting sing along videos for students to have music and physical activities from home. Kudos to Connie Black. Kudos. Yes, that is a great <laughs> way to interact with your students as well. Get them up and singing and moving. Around. And also in Greenwood, Mississippi, several church musicians are posting videos of music that has been planned for Lent, of course, and Easter services, so that their ch- church members can have access to beautiful, sacred music for their own churches. So the musicians around Greenwood posted music, and then you can in in turn use that music for your own little sanctuary at home. If you want to have church with your church members or a few people virtually, and you can use this music as well. That is wonderful. Live organ music from an actual (laughs) um, organist or pianist that um, is not just a um, CD or something that's actually played at someone's home. Again, we want to thank our teachers that are still teaching, our artists that are still enriching the community. Thank everyone for making the best of this right now. Thank you. And not just Greenwood, Mississippi, but Paul Brown did reach out to me. Now, if you have a great cool story about your community, your town, your street, <laughs> I've seen them all over the news. Everywhere. Please email me at Michelle.mackadoo at mpbonline.org. I would love to mention them next week on our cool stories.
2: Yes. Now, this is a time to be creative. It and is. people are coming up they with some are. creative things for birthdays. Like you said, the drive-by birthday, birthday party. Yesterday. Yes. Like, <laughs> that was really cool. Yes. It's his birthday.
0: He I don't forgot how old he was, but all his friends, parents, got together and the kids drove by with, and some threw out cards. after out birthday presents. Uh, <laughs> <don't> <laughs> so they threw He caught the birthday. help hope it wasn't anything they could break. break. No. But uh, that was a great idea. A caravan birthday party, parade, if you yes, will. Yes. And uh, the, did you see the seniors at is it Jackson Prep? I don't want to say the school wrong, um, but Jackson Prep. Java gave me the thumbs up. The uh, parents... Gave lunch to the seniors and okay. then gave them um applicates for their garden, for their front lawn to put like I'm a senior 2020 because this is a lot for them to Absolutely. take in Canceling proms, canceling graduation. All of the senior end of the year activities came to a halt all of a, all of a sudden. So imagine having to digest that and understand that this is best for the world, mm-hmm. but I have to, you know, this is affecting me greatly it's affecting everyone but especially our seniors so again shout out to our seniors who are being real troopers at this moment and if you can do anything for your senior at home to make this time special try to do that come up with something creative speaking of creative tara and her team come up with tips of the week
2: every week from teachers educators students and guardians what do we have this week so this week we decided to focus on kids and media and we found this tip from one of our sister stations, and it talks about you, how you have to be picky about what kinds of TV shows, video games, apps, music, and music that our little ones are listening to, playing, and watching, because not everything is appropriate. Even though it says kids, it mm. has to be age appropriate. So three things about that: balance. Balance is the key. Kids need balance of media. They need the free time from media to get outside and or go or draw mm. or play a game dance around, so just free time from the media and just have a good balance there. The second thing is you can be choosy. Choose which kinds of media children are watching. Select high-quality learning-focused programs that promote learning, like PBS Kids (laughs) programs, which we'll talk about today. Uh And the third thing is to do it together. Don't just say go out and do it. Um, Do it together, because when kids and grown-ups use media together, kids get more out of it. And the interaction and, and growing those relationships with your children, playing and watching together just kind of creates more meaning to learning. So there's our tip for the day.
0: That's wonderful. And if you uh, actually what I'm going to do is when I post a podcast, I'm going to put those tips of the week on. On the podcast. So if you did not catch the tips, I'm actually going to type them out and put those few bullet points um, on our podcast. You can listen to our podcast at mpbonline.org slash Mississippi Education Connection. It will be up later on this afternoon, but again, I will post those tips of the week. We're going to take our first break right now, but when we return, we'll welcome our guest, Sarah DeWitt, VP of PBS Kids Digital, and Sarah Shapiro, VP of Education at PBS Stay tuned. This is Mississippi Education Connection, only on MPB Think Radio.
3: No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app.
0: (laughs) This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning. This is Mississippi Education Connection. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, along with my co-host, Tara Wren, Director of Education with MPB. Offering free access to media content that supports learning for young children is important, especially during this uncertain times. And we know that right now it is very uncertain. People don't know what tomorrow looks like, but we want to add that added resource to you, our teachers, our students, and our parents. And today our guests understand that importance to help aid in that process. Let's welcome to the show now Sarah DeWitt, VP of PBS Kids Digital, and Sarah Shapiro, VP of Education at PBS. Good morning, ladies.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Good
0: morning. Now, we do have to start off by saying we have two Sarahs on the show. I, know. <laughs> I don't know how y'all work together, but uh, we're going to uh, figure out a way. that We're going to say Sarah D or Sarah S or who has a middle name we can use.
4: <laughs> That's exactly how we do it at the office. Uh, really? Sarah. This is Sarah D speaking, and I'll let Sarah S. Share our cool tips for keeping us um,
0: separated. Cool, I love that. Sarah D and Sarah S. Well, I learned something today. Thank you. (laughs) Well, uh, let's let's start off. We
5: keep it straight by saying Sarah S for schools and Sarah D for digital, if that's
0: helpful. I love it. Sarah S, yes, VP of Education and Sarah D for digital. Love it, love it, love it. Well, first of all, ladies, thank you for spending. A little time with us here at MPB. We know we've had a long relationship with you guys and you guys have been around for a long time. Before we get started talking about PBS pr- programming, tell us how you're adjusting to this quote-unquote new normal and how you have changed the way you operate day-to-day and are you homeschooling at home?
4: So uh, this is Sarah D. speaking. Um, yes, oh my goodness, so much has changed. So um, PBS employees are working from home and I also have um, a five-year-old and a, an eight-year-old. Ooh. So I've got a second grade and curriculum and kindergarten curriculum going on in our home at the same time that my husband and I are both trying to work full time. So, um, there is a lot of, um, baton passing, a lot of notes <laughs> being shared and a lot of extra screen time, but we can talk more about that in a minute. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. There's some great things you can do with screen time.
0: Wonderful. And Sarah, Mm -hmm. that was digital, right, Sarah? Yeah. (laughs) Sarah S, how are you adjusting?
5: Um, We are hanging in there. Um, Unlike Sarah, I don't have, um, you know, school-age kids yet. I have a four-month-old, so we don't have a lot of homeschooling to do, but we're certainly, my husband and I are certainly adjusting to, as Sarah said, the baton passing of um, quite literally passing our baby back and forth as we alternate between phone calls and work calls and video calls and – all kinds of things, but we're adjusting. We feel lucky to be safe at home and and healthy so far.
2: Well, congratulations on the new baby. Yes. Thank you. I want to say thank you to PBS. PBS and our other member stations around the nation has just been doing a dynamic job of sharing of information for our digital platform, for our broadcast platforms. And we're just very grateful because that is helping us to help our community here, our teachers and our students and our families. So thank you to you to you ladies for being a part uh, of that team. And,
4: and thank you for helping keep this moving on the ground. We, um, we couldn't do this without member stations um, who then can get into the local communities and share all these great resources. Um, but it does seem like a time when PBS was, we were, we were ready to... Um, respond to something like this because we have so many resources that parents and educators can use at home. There's there's a lot
0: to offer. Wow!
2: So those are great. Re- the resources that we're going to talk about today. So we'll just jump in and start right there. Can you talk a little bit about? Um, there are many PBS Kids programs that all of us are used to hearing. Clifford the Big are watching. Clifford the Big Red Dog, Curious George, Pinkalicious, Peter Riffic. Tell us a little bit about those PBS Kids programs, because we have a lot of people say, oh, those cartoons are really good cartoons, (laughs) but are they really (laughs) cartoons?
4: (laughs) Well, you know, I kind of feel like people can call them whatever they want as long as they know that they are really engaging and educational. I think a lot of people know that PBS Kids shows like Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood and Curious George and Sesame Street, you know, people know our shows and know that they have a reputation for high quality. I think what a lot of people don't necessarily know is that every single show is developed with a learning framework in mind. So, Curious George, you know, he's funny and all kinds of hilarious things happen on that show. But a lot of people don't know it's actually based on a science and engineering curriculum because George takes a lot of things apart and puts them back together. He gets into a lot of trouble and then he's got to (laughs) fix it. Um, And that's all based on preschool science learning goals. How do you look at a problem? How do you observe it? How do you ask questions? How do you come up with a hypothesis? And then how do you try to test things out? So um, every single show has some kind of learning framework that we're focused on. And then every one of them also um, has a a, um, curriculum that's focused on how kids can learn how to interact with one another in the world. So we're thinking a lot about communication between kids. How do you recognize your feelings? You know, that's hard for toddlers and preschoolers to do, to be able to express how they're feeling. So we have a lot of that built into all of our shows to kind of help kids um, recognize and model good ways of interacting with one another, of being able to talk about how they're feeling and how they share with one another, and then also to model how parents can be talking to kids um, about their learning or about things that are bothering kids. I think Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood is a great example of that. Um, Anyone who's seen that show, it's a spin-off of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and b- built off of that same curriculum. But Mom and Dad Tiger really model a lot of the kinds of things that Mr. Rogers did, pausing and asking kids to try to think about how they're feeling and then helping them work through it together. And we've heard from so many parents that that modeling has been really helpful in their own homes.
0: Wow. What type of team do you have to align your programming to uh, curriculums in different states? I, know, I noticed you talked about emotions and actual STEM and things like that. Do you have a team of educators that actually help you come up with different programming?
4: Yes. Um, we, we're, we have a curriculum advisor on staff who helps us look at all the things we've covered across all of our shows and recognize gaps. And when we're looking for new shows, she helps us say, okay, we haven't done, we haven't really focused on creativity in the arts. So that's why we did Alicious and Peterific, for example. Um, we needed to do a deeper dive in math. And so that's why we launched Peg Plus Cat and Odd Squad. So she kind of helps us look for gaps and then helps us work with early childhood educators to come up with um, the the pieces of um, that subject that would be most appropriate for kids in our age group, which is between two and eight, and so individual shows might be for a smaller band. So it's really thinking about okay, if you're thinking about math for a three or four year old, then what does Peg Plus Cat need to address to be able to be right in that space? Now for individual states, I'll turn that to Sarah S for a second.
2: <laughs> so Sarah, yeah, so. I'm sorry, please go No, ahead. go ahead. Um, as you answer, I'm going to ask you this, and you probably can incorporate this into your answer, because Sarah spoke about the science of the learning and how the programs have built-in curriculum. So I was going to ask you to speak a little bit to um, PBS Learning Media and how these programs are implanted into the PBS Learning Media and how teachers can use that, and even parents can use it.
5: Yeah, absolutely. So PBS Learning Media is a free service that we provide with thousands of contextualized learning materials that we align to state and national standards. So we take all of this amazing media from across the PBS system, so pre-K through 12, so all of the great shows like Daniel Tiger that Sarah D. was talking about through Nova and Ken Burns and, and content that's more appropriate for older kids. And we tag those and align those learning materials to state and national standards. So if you are a user in Mississippi, for instance, you would sign into PBS Learning Media and immediately be taken to the Mississippi the MPB site and all of the materials on learning media. So all 30,000 of our materials um, and all of these resources would be tagged to Mississippi state standards. so the site includes a lot of features that were developed based on feedback that we got from educators. So we, they wanted high-quality public media, so all of this media that we've created, um, and they wanted it in short clips that they could use within classroom settings and now, of course, at home. Um, and they can search and, and find that content by subject area, by state and national curriculum standards, by grade. And then there are all kinds of things that they can use um, to help their students learn, like these sort of grab-and-go activities, lesson plans, interactive lessons, and different kinds of media that illustrate specific topics that they might want to teach. And for now, you know, now in the spring semester, educators are thinking about the topics um, that they would be teaching if they were in school. And we've provided curated materials so that they can very easily access um, media plus activities that mirror what they might be doing in, in their classroom. Oh, right. So Learning Media is an amazing resource, and we have millions of educators coming to it each month um, and to get some of these media clips and activities and lesson plans um, to use in their classrooms.
0: Wow. And how do you track uh, the use of the PBS Learning Media? How can you tell how many teachers in Mississippi are using this tool?
5: Yeah, it's a great question. We have Google Analytics, which um, allows us to sort of monitor who's coming in. I'd say overall in March, we had about um, a little less than um, 2.8 million users. Um, so we had a, a huge growth, as you might imagine, um, in this month, given that folks are learning from home right now. And from Mississippi, we had a 163% increase in wow. new users in this month. Which is great to yes. see. Yeah, um, is great. Not, not great <laughs> that we're in the situation, but great to see lots of users coming to us. And then we've seen a 425 percent increase in users from Mississippi coming from Google Classroom. So PBS Learning Media is integrated with Google Classroom, which I know many teachers in the state of Mississippi and across the country use. So we're seeing more and more teachers come to our materials through Google Classroom and they're assigning PBS learning media content for students to view and use.
2: Well, that is good to hear because we really pushed out that March 18th training on PBS Learning Media that happened. And I was wondering what I was on there as well. And there were 7,000 people at the time I looked at the numbers who were, who were on there. And I said, that's a lot of people getting trained on the PBS Learning Media. So that's good to hear. And, and I, my son, he's using it. And when he realized that there were lessons in there, that he could use for geometry, it worked. He was super excited. <laughs> wow. We love to
0: hear uh, those great stories of uh, triumph and success. That is a success story. We're going to continue talking with Sarah DeWitt and Sarah Shapiro of PBS when we return. Stay tuned. This is Mississippi Education Connection, only on MPB Think Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Mississippi Education Connection on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, along with my co-host, Tara Wren, Director of Education here with MPB. Well, today we've been speaking with Sarah DeWitt, VP of PBS Kids Digital, and Sarah Shapiro, VP of Education, about PBS Kids programming and how it's tied to curriculum. And don't forget, later in the show, we'll welcome Dr. Nathan Oakley. He's Chief academic officer with the Mississippi Department of Education. Now, we're going to talk to him and see how we can tie all of this information into our state curriculum. Well, welcome, ladies, again. Um, Thanks for having, being a part of Mississippi Education Connection today. I never actually got to ask you, ladies, where are you um, residing? So we're right outside. Well, I know
4: Sarah... S is actually in Washington, D.C., and I'm just outside Washington, D.C. in Alexandria.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So again, again, like I said, thank you. I know you're juggling lots of things right now. Thank you for being a part of our conversation today. Let's start again. Um, Tara, where do you want to start? With PBS Learning
2: Media? Yes, we can pick right up where we left off. How are, well, we talked about you tracking the, the use of PBS Learning Media and Google Classrooms here in Mississippi what What would you say the success rate for teachers using PBS learning media is within their classrooms?
5: Yeah, so we are in the middle of doing a large impact study with our partner um, station WGBH in Boston. We have some older impact study measures that I can share. Um, but I you know I think some of the the qualitative and and anecdotal information here is is also really useful. If teachers um, who, who, are, who are using learning media, we have a cadre of PBS uh, digital innovator all-stars, and we have sort of PBS teacher boosters all over the country. And they overwhelmingly tell us that learning media helps them make positive contributions to their classroom practice. They're more likely and more comfortable integrating digital media into their lessons because of PBS learning media, because it makes it so easy to, to do that. Mm. It also makes it, you know, with the Google Classroom integration, it's very simple to assign a a media clip to students, to assign activities, to build out lessons. We also, on the platform, have a lesson plan builder that they can use. So we're hearing from them through social media, through our um, webinars, like the one that you participated in, just how impactful this service has been for them over the last number of years, as well as just in the last month as everyone adjusts to this new normal of, of learning at home and educators shift literally overnight to distance learning. So we're, we're just glad that um, as Sarah D said at the beginning of this uh, conversation, we've been ready, we have these tools, we've been creating them, um, we've been putting out great media um, for years now and we're really, thrilled that they're especially helpful in this time of need, and we hope they will continue to be helpful to teachers across Mississippi and across the country.
0: Wow. So, Sarah, let me ask you a question. The um, You know, there's so many distant learning Platforms out there, so many. What makes PBS Learning Media the best program to use? You touched on this on your last statement, but just tell a teacher, a teacher's listening, or a parent is listening right now. They're a little frazzled. They're frustrated at home, like you said, an eight-year-old and a three, uh, what eight and three, a third grader. How can they utilize this program at home right now? Sure,
5: you know I. Well, of course, we're biased. We think this is the best <laughs> in class platform out there. Um, but I think really what distinguishes us from other platforms is that we have high quality public media, you know, public media that we've been creating for a number of years that w- we're drawing the best of what public media has to offer, whether it's Daniel Tiger, Wildcats, Ken Burns, Nova, Frontline, all of these programs that provide, you um, really strong um, pedagogical opportunities um, for kids pre-k through 12 and we have these activities we have these classroom resources which everything as we talked about is tagged to state and national standards or everything is tagged to mississippi standards we have the google classroom integrations and i think it's really also important to say this is totally free we just we we're not gaining anything from this other than that we want to provide great learning opportunities for educators and families right now and always. So it's always free, it's, um, and we hope that people will take advantage of using this platform. And it just makes using media a little easier for parents, families, and educators who want to illustrate concepts um, that their students and their kids should should know. Um, so we're really excited about it. Um, we're excited about getting the word out even further about PBS Learning Media. And I think the, the key message is this is high quality, this is free, this is tagged to your standards, it's integrated with the tools you're already using in your classroom. And we just hope that teachers and families will, will take a look and, and continue to use it.
2: So let me thank you for that. How many or other other languages you provide this content in? Good question. <laughs> Good yes, question.
5: We, yeah, no, we, we provide a lot of our content in Spanish. We also have some French language activities and media, but I'd say that the majority of the um, content that we have in other languages is in Spanish. And we provided, so we created a, a collection of resources for pre-K through 12 educators and families um, for this situation, you know, in, in the wake of school closures. And we've translated those, materials in in particular into Spanish, but there's lots of Spanish language materials on the platform.
2: That's wonderful. And that website is pbslearningmedia.org. And I'm wondering, how can parents be using this at home? Is it situated for that use?
5: Yeah, it's very intuitive. It's very easy to use. It's easy to browse and click around and find uh, resources that you think your kids might be interested in. Um, so it, it is certainly set up so that parents can use them. Where parents might get, um, you know, not lost, but maybe wouldn't understand all of the curriculum standards, they can totally just ignore the curriculum standards and really just focus on, am I looking for something in so- social studies for my eighth grade student? And here are a set of resources I can use with my students, uh, with my kids to, to learn some key concepts. So I would encourage parents and families to browse by topic area, subject area, by grade band, and just to sort of click around and find media that, that piques their interest. They don't need to worry about the curriculum standards and just focus on finding fun media to share with their children. And I know Sarah D, um, there are lots of, you know, PBS Kids for Parents resources and other things to share with parents of um, younger children.
0: Yes, and you know, speaking of parents and PBS, we have an actual coworker who's. Other uh, side, his his wife is a teacher. He was actually an educator as well, and he talks about PBS Kids all the time. When he talks, when he's doing his breaks, he promotes it because they actually use it. Java Chapman, he's our engineer. Thank you, Java, for engineering our show uh, every Friday. But talk a little bit about how you guys uh, utilize PBS Kids and the ages that you have at home and how it really helps.
3: Well, at home we have a um, a two year old a. Three year old and a uh, seven year old. So, just to be frankly honest, PBS Kids, the 24 7 channel, is always on at our house. They know the theme songs to all the shows, even the new ones like Pinkalicious <laughs> and uh Peter Rabbit and uh Molly from Denali. They it's already in rotation. These are, these are like top 20 hits uh at our house, right? We was just turning to PBS radio. But um uh the one thing that I always tell people about PBS and uh, I can't remember which Sarah said it already, but um the PBS um uh programming is Learning first, entertaining second. Any other cartoons or animated uh, things that are geared towards kids is entertainment first, and then you may get a learning piece a or something. in there. <laughs> yeah, but for uh, PBS at the offset, at the beginning, it starts with learning. And I know in my house, we really appreciate that.
0: Oh, wow. Thank you, Java. As a parent and an educator, with two educators in your home, that's saying a lot and how it's really utilized in someone's home, um, Sarah's, but I say Sarah's with an S, plural. Tell us how that makes you feel as a uh, when a person gives you a, a testament of how they actually use um, your PBS programming and how they see that it's learning first. And, of course, you say that that was intentional.
4: Oh, my gosh. I wish you could see how much I'm beaming right now. <laughs> I was um, clapping my hands while you were talking, Donna. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and happy to hear about the shows that your your kids love. Um, Molly of Denali is one of our newest shows. It's really fantastic. It's the first ever show in the United States for kids that um, the lead character is um, a Native American. Um, and it focuses on a really interesting piece of curriculum. It's called informational text. So it's not so much about learning how to read. It's more about how do you use all the all the words that are around you. How do you look at a brochure? How do you read a menu? Mm. How do you respond to a text message? So it's a really, really um, important piece of literacy that's hard to – hard to teach kind of directly, and they're doing a fantastic job in this show of showing kids how they can use words in all these different ways. So I'm just so glad to hear that we already have big fans.
0: <laughs> yes, look, he said um, PBS radio station, they know the songs <laughs> and the um, theme songs as well. I can just see them dancing along to it. Speaking of PBS Kids programming, um, a lot of people say that they're cartoons. How do you respond to that when they say that they're just cartoons? Because I'm sure they're not, <laughs> of course.
4: Oh, yes. Just that there's so much that goes into our our shows um, and um, you know he just he just said it really well mm-hmm. We really are focusing with the learning first so there's a true difference between how a PBS kids show is created and how shows are created on other networks. We also are trying to think about um, the full kind of 360 approach um, when we're building a show so I'm talking a lot about the TV but In the case of like a show I was just talking about, Molly of Denali, um, that show has all this learning work that's going into the actual video that you see on the PBS Kids 24-7 channel or if you stream PBS Kids on the video app, um, you know, everything goes into that. But then at the same time we're developing the show, we're also building digital games Mm. that then reinforce the curriculum of what's in that video. So you see Molly – learning how to use a map and read it so that she can find, help her friend Chewie run his dog sleds to where he needs to go. Then you can go to pbskids.org or on the PBS Kids Games app and learn more about how dog sleds work and read captions and play with your own map. So if you're doing something that's directly related to what's in the show, that's also a really fun game. Mm -hmm. And then we also then think about how would you take that offline? Well, you could start drawing your own map and you could create a map of your own neighborhood. Um, And so we provide that information for parents to say, okay, here's how you can watch it on a screen. Here's how your kids can watch it. Now, here's how they can play it on a digital screen on the PBS Kids Games app or on pbskids.org. And then here's a way you can take it offline into a hands-on kind of experience. Because if you do all those kinds of things, the learning gains are going to be even greater. So that's why it's a lot more than just a cartoon.
0: Thank you so much, Sarah DeWitt, uh, for spending a little time with us today. We're going to keep Sarah Shapiro on the phone. and Sarah, we're going to let you get back to it at your home, hunk anchoring down and uh, um, <laughs> staying safe in Washington. Thank, Thank you for spending time with us today. Of course, uh, if you want to know all PBS programming, you can log on to our website, of course, mpbonline.org and connect to PBS programming all day, like Java said, 24-7 PBS. Well, it's time for us to take our our last break. But when we return, we're going to welcome to the conversation Dr. Nathan Oakley. He's Chief Academic Officer with the Department of Education. Now, it's not too late to get your question in. The number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Stay tuned for more. This is Mississippi Education Connection, only on MPB. Think Radio.
3: Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
0: And it, they're dealing with... This is MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Mississippi Education Connection. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, along with my co-host, Tara Wren, Director of Education here at MPB. Well, if you're just joining us, today we've been discussing PBS Kids programming and how it's tied to curriculum with our guest, Sarah DeWitt, VP of PBS Kids Digital, and Sarah Shapiro, VP of Education with um pbs now let's welcome to the show dr nathan oakley he's chief academic officer with the department of education we're going to see how pbs kids learning um ties into our state curriculum welcome dr oakley good morning good morning how are you doing wonderful how are you doing fine thank you all right well we're going to just jump right in here and 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 have you been listening to the show thus far I have been on. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, uh, you have a question for uh,
2: our um, Dr. Oakley, Tara. Yes, Dr. Oakley. First, tell us a little bit about what's your role as the MDE uh, with MBDE. As it pertains to the curriculum and development of the um, coursework for students.
1: Sure. So I have responsibility for academic education. So we handle mathematics and science and social studies and reading across K twelve. We do a lot of work directly with districts to offer professional development and standards development. We share resources and tools that that teachers can use uh, to support students uh, in the general education classroom, students with disabilities, uh, and others.
0: All right. Well, during this time, we know this very unprecedented time, we didn't know this was happening. What has been your most critical issue with the curriculum and distance learning?
1: I think our biggest issue is actually access to curriculum by students, and it's multifaceted. We've had this immediate transition from face-to-face instruction uh, where students could interact each day with their teachers to a setting where the connections are a lot more varied uh, depending on the district or the school or even the neighborhood that's being served, and districts are facing challenges with um, content and availability of devices and Internet access and software to manage all of that, And there's not really a one-size-fits-all approach. And so uh, we've worked with districts to try to encourage them to find solutions that work for their local community. Uh, There's not a one-size-fits-all approach in a traditional classroom, nor is there one uh, in the days we're in right now.
2: So what's the feedback been like? What are you hearing from the districts, from parents and teachers?
1: Uh, If if you're on social media at all or or tracking at all on, on what's going on, uh, there are folks that are, have got creative juices for and defined solutions. Uh, we've seen districts that are using make-and-take packets uh, available for pickup uh, when they do make-and-take lunches. We've seen districts that are delivering packets directly to homes uh, via bus routes or via mail so that parents have uh, some content, maybe that's addressing key standards uh, in their school where the teachers were working this, this last nine weeks of school. We also know that we have districts that are doing a lot with digital content. We've got districts that are have one-to-one initiatives, and so they have the ability to push out content directly to students, and they're they're doing work through Zoom or other video conference means or through conference calls and, and group conversations, classroom conversations uh, via technological means as well. So the, it's been remarkable to me to see the, the great work coming from, from teachers and uh, districts across the state and really from parents who are uh, serving as teachers now at the same time balancing, you know, um, family and work and caring for other family members at the same time.
0: Yes. And Dr. Oakley, I know you've been listening to the show. We do still have Uh, Sarah Shapiro, VP of Education with PBS on the line. What are your thoughts about using PBS broadcast programs in the classroom and about teachers using PBS learning media uh, as a distance learning tool?
1: So, I can remember as an elementary student uh, back a year or two ago in in the 80s uh, seeing PBS content uh, as a a student our teachers would pull and use some of that uh, from time to time and so PBS has offered a wealth of resources for years now this is this is not a new uh, area for them Uh, but with the addition of streaming technology and the internet it's a lot more readily available now for classroom use than it was years ago uh, really on demand and so it's been exciting to partner with public broadcasting to be able to get relevant content out to families particularly now who maybe have a television but no high-speed Internet connection. Uh, whether, you know, a classroom teacher or a mom or dad at home, there's such content uh, richness there across areas of interest. So it's, it's a great opportunity and a great resource.
2: And Dr. Oakley, this is Tara, and we spoke on the phone a few weeks ago when all this started with our executive director, Ronnie Agnew, here on the front end to try to adjust our television schedule. And we have done that, and we continue to look at ways to do that. So we really appreciate working with MDE in that way as we provide PBS programs on MPB television. And you just spoke to that and how PBS, this isn't new to them. So can you talk a little bit about how the programming will tie into the curriculum and what you think outcomes might be, and not just from our programming, but just what everybody is doing in the district?
1: Sure. So we we looked really across content levels, across grade bands, uh, as an agency at as the, as the department. Our content staff uh, spent some time, I know we've had folks talking back and forth with public broadcasting um, at that daytime programming and trying to identify maybe key areas or key uh, content strands or standards within different grade levels that might be, that there might be content at the lines that could be used for the broadcast. And uh, I know we're, we're pushing out on our website, uh, resources for families and for districts, as well as the weekly broadcast uh, schedule for MPB so that folks have a sense of know, if it's elementary content or secondary content that's available when they would need to tune in to be able to watch that.
0: All right. Well, Sarah, yeah. um, we still have, we have a few minutes left. I don't want to run out of time uh, in our last minute. Uh, Sarah Shapiro, you're still on the phone. Do you have anything to say to Dr. Oakley? He's our uh, Chief Academic Officer here in the state of Mississippi.
5: Well, hello, Dr. <laughs> Oakley, and thank you for all of the work you've been doing to connect your educators with great resources very quickly and to, to stand up digital learning opportunities very quickly in this unprecedented time as we were discussing. Um, I guess my, my only the only thing I'd, I'd add is just um, to the extent that you can get the word out about pbslearningmedia.org and all of the high quality media we have there that's available for free and integrated with, I think many of the tools your educators are already using as well as just sharing that, you know, we also have a daily newsletter for parents that provides um, links to activities and to PBS Kids Media um, that is really a chock full of amazing resources for parents who are trying to figure out how to structure their days to incorporate great learning for their kids. And that. You can sign up for it, pbskidsforparents.org.
0: Thank you so much, Sarah Shapiro, VP of Education, Dr. Nathan Oakley, Chief Academic Officer. Dr. Nathan, we're going to get you back on the show and um, talk to you again and spend a little more time with you. We want to thank again all of our guests today, um, Dr. Oh, Sarah DeWitt, VP of PBS Kids Digital as well. If you did not hear the entire show, listen to our podcast at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy for Women and be sure to join us next next Friday for more Mississippi education
1: connection only on MPB think radio.